0: I'm gonna go dress like a fucking slut. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I'm
0: not dressing in a business suit. <laughs>
2: You know, when I started this podcast, I wasn't exactly attempting to make it the most sexual podcast or full-blown sex magic, and it's kind of manifesting that way. And I remember when I was in school, I originally went to college for Human Services, And in human services, you can choose to be a counselor, a social worker, work in nonprofit. You can work with high-risk youth or domestic violence or the homeless community. And we learned about all of them. And I remember this professor saying, whatever you're supposed to do, it will choose you. I didn't know what that meant, but I kept like holding that energy of whatever I'm supposed to do, it's going to choose me. If I show up, I feel like HorrorPod is kind of choosing itself right now. There's no marketing going out for HorrorPod, there's nothing like really driving people to it. So I feel like who finds it is supposed to find it. And I feel like the guests who are on are kind of meant to be on right now. And these guests are bringing me healing too. But A lot of times people talk to me and they're like, how do I become the healer I'm supposed to be or the creator I'm supposed to be? And I think where people get hung up is we have such a small, rigid view of what a healer is or what a creator is or what an artist is. And I believe Like, I'm thankful for having my voice out on a higher scale now where more people can hear. But I don't think I'm any more of a healer now than when I was a nanny or when I was doing births at a hospital as a volunteer doula or when I was just doing lame ass social media at a strip club. And all of them looked different. And from the outside, some people were disappointed in me and like, well, why aren't you being this healer? Why aren't you more successful? But I believe, like, spirit chooses you. It chooses the rhythm. It chooses how you're going to heal in the moment. And when we become rigid and try to control it, I think we can fuck up the flow. I think there's so much competition of, like, who's... A better healer who's selling more kombucha and yoga pants and the place I found some of the m- most healers was actually in the strip club today I have two people that I met working at the strip club but I love them beyond the club and just their viewpoints that they have and also it's way harder than I ever imagined to get woo people to truly open up about sex. So today we have DJ Robot and boop, boop, boop. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and Dr. Jay Lee. And I brought you to, because I need you to get raunchy with me, say hello to
0: the people.
1: Hello, people. Hello,
0: beautiful whores. <laughs>
1: yes, <laughs> we are ready to get so raunch, sauce, freak,
0: freak, freak, nasty, Freaky nasty, <laughs> and talk about all
1: the things because we're halfway between woo and sex. Yeah, and,
0: and, <laughs> all you know. the time. Woo, woo, and woo, woo, sex. Woo,
1: sex. Oh my god, I
0: woo, love woo. it.
2: <laughs> so, Doctor Jaylee, will you introduce yourself a little? <laughs> And just tell people like what you do at the strip club, how you know robot. How are you woo and how are you sexual and what does that look like for you?
0: Okay, yeah. Like you said, I do um, work at the strip club. What my job title is called is house mom. Um, And basically, if I were to put that in a nutshell, I play mommy for strippers. I. Provide them with anything they possibly could need. Everything from fixing an outfit to a snack to holding their hair back when they're too drunk or providing counseling, therapy, and general encouragement to them. Basically anything that uh, I play their mom in a more extreme way, but like in a cooler way because I have uh, experience and understand where they're coming from. Uh, And that's basically what I do is just kind of like take care of people and help them and help them grow and uh, get comfortable with themselves and get have uh, an openness with themselves and learn about uh, and learn about that and learn to use their sexuality and to empower them and to be open about it.
2: Yeah, I remember when I first started at the club and I was just going on promos with girls like they just... Through me with the promo team, and I was just kind of riding around with them. And when I say promo team, that was just a group of hot girls who would get drunk and talk to guys out in the town. Not all of them got drunk, but the idea was to like party. But like it's party, yeah. right?
0: You were invited. It's a party atmosphere. We're a good time. Totally.
2: So the. One thing I learned with the promo team is the best way to get attractive. Well, who cares if they're attractive? The best way to get abundant men who are willing to spend money on sex work was to have hot girls out on the town having fun with each other. And just that vibration of the girls having fun would attract all kinds of people not even just men all kinds of people and they'd be like where are you going and that's how we got people back to the club but I remember one time on a promo and these girls were like oh I gotta get to mom I gotta get to mom and they were just kept talking about mom and how like mom like was helping them with their hair and then one had another question for mom and I was like mom and I you know There was a lot of sex work in my life growing up and a lot of like prostitution, which is different than just working at the strip club. And so I didn't know what like mom meant. And then when I realized what mom meant and how you do hold such a deep space for them, I thought that was so fucking dope. And they like really call you mom and see you as a caretaker
0: and as a confidant. You know, they really do. And I'll tell you, it's really sweet. And I I cherish it very much because a lot of them, I am closer to them than their real parents um, or their real moms. I know them better. You know, they feel safer with me. They tell me all their secrets. Don't judge them. and, And I do hold space for that. And it's very precious to me, too, to be honest. It was very natural for me to fall into that role. And I felt like it utilized a lot of my innate skills and abilities to just make money doing what I love and, and what I'm good at and helping people in that way. So for me, it was awesome. It's cool to hear your perspective of what, cause you know, honestly, I didn't know what a house mom was either until I actually started doing it. So it's cool to hear other people's perspectives of it. Like when you realize what it is or, or you get an understanding of it.
2: Yeah. And you in particular, you're strikingly beautiful, but with that, you have this don't fuck with me face
0: (laughs) oh yeah that's the that's just that's the that's when everybody's like oh I thought you didn't when I first met you I thought you didn't like me and I'm like oh no that's just my face because I'm (laughs) I just I just look very serious until I'm engaged and I I look like an asshole but that's just my face no I don't think
2: you look like I didn't mean to say you look like an asshole I just think you have this energy whether it's conscious or not where it's like don't Fuck with me. I will nurture you. I will take care of you. I will make sure this place is safe and peaceful. And it seems like you hold space for vulnerability. But there's also this energy of like, you're not going to let fuck shit happen. Exactly. You have this, I don't know, this like energy around you that is like this huge strength that I think just makes people check themselves before they step into your energy at all. Good or bad. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, that totally makes sense. And I like that point of view rather than just like, I just thought you didn't like me. (laughs) No, personally,
2: I just respected you from afar. I was like, I know what she's doing is good. Like, I know she is good and I know what she's doing is good. And I just like admired it. I didn't work a lot of the same hours as you, but I just when I saw you, I was like, yes. And like had gratitude for the existence that you had in the club.
0: Lacey, thank you so much. That makes my heart so happy. Like, it, it really truly does.
2: It's true. And there's something about the club where you have to, like, whether people like each other or not, We people in that industry have to form family fast, don't you think?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what? I think that you end up, me and Erin talked about this recently, that we you end up finding um, some of the best friends in the strip club, and really like a sisterhood, in a weird way, like it, you know, and it's really kind of awesome, that I didn't really know in a different in a different place.
1: Sisterhood of the traveling,
0: g-string. Yeah, the tra- <laughs> the traveling T-bar.
2: <laughs> it's so real. And that brings us to DJ Robot. Hello, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I need my uh, siren effect. <laughs> oh, oh my God. I fucking loved having a girl DJ who was dope as fuck, who would play trap music and get everybody wilding. But yes, I love
1: you. Tell us about you. So, my name is DJ Robot5000. Uh, I am a DJ that DJs in strip clubs and gay clubs and...
0: Pool parties. Pool parties,
1: festivals, whatever, you name it. I probably will be there (laughs) playing music. Starting Um, the party. And I... (laughs) Yeah, my business cards say Party Starter is my job title. More More than just that, though, I feel like I'm a healer in my way of being a vibe vibe creator and uh I don't know, just changing vibrations around the world, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the
2: first night I worked or the first night I came to the club, it was incognito. Like I met with the owner who didn't even tell me that she was trying to hire me for the strip club. And she was like had all these like plans for me, but I didn't really know about them because originally when I applied, they were like me to set an apothecary for a marketing position. So I thought I was doing marketing for an apothecary. Yeah. An
0: apothecary, the sister, the sisterhood, the <laughs> sister business.
2: <laughs> but I didn't even like. I was so naive. I didn't even like relate it to like a dispensary, which I that's had probably b-
0: why you felt like you were the perfect person for it. I'm sure she like did that on purpose <laughs> to weed out the fucking weirdos that are like, ooh, I want to do that at the strip club, <laughs> stare it hot totally. chicks.
2: <laughs> totally, because I wouldn't have like gone through ads and been like, yeah, I'm going to work at a club. I had like because of my mom and who she was sexually and all of the sexual abuse I grew up with. I was just always like, I can't be a sex worker. I can't be a sex worker. Right. I I would like lean towards it and then be like, I can't be it. And not just because obviously I could not be a stripper at Shotgun Willys because of hotness reasons (laughs) but you know even just like men have offered to pay me in my life now and or in years past and I had so much guilt and shame and fear of becoming my mother that I wouldn't entertain it at all and so kind of like I was talking at the beginning of the episode of things choosing you The club, I thought I was going to work at it like an herbal apothecary. And then she was like, (laughs) (laughs) but for real. And it was so crazy because I like I knew about Shotgun Willies, but I didn't really know. And I had researched the owner like two weeks before. And then I did a meditation and she like showed up in my meditation and I was like, oh, I'm going to end up working with this lady and and then she was there at this apothecary thing, and then she was like, okay, you're going to be working with me directly, and tonight you need to go into the strip club, and don't tell anyone you're going to be working there, and you just, you go as a guest, and let me know how it goes, and it was, like, amazing, and one of the things I told her I love so much was the girl DJ, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that's That is one of your tickets. This girl is hot. This girl is cool. And yeah, I but I do have a confession and I might have said this on a podcast before. I was there with dudes and I sat at a table with dudes and one of the girls um, started motorboating me. (laughs) (laughs) And I got hives. Oh, Oh, no. (laughs) I was just like, I sound like the prudest thing ever, but I was like so nervous and coming from a place of being like such a feminist and not wanting to like hurt or sexualize the feminine. And all of a sudden she's just like motorboating me hardcore and I like can't breathe. And then I looked at one of my guy friends and he's like, dog, you got hives. You're not going to be able to work here. (laughs) Like, you're not gonna make it. So, and then we built I, for this life, Lacey. <laughs> <laughs> and, but in a way, I feel like I don't know, I have this like false sense of innocence because there's a part of me that's like this pure kindergarten teacher. And then there's this other part of me that's like really fucked up and really dark. And I even had moments there where I really fucked up and like did got too drunk or did some drugs and got kicked out of where I was working you know like bartenders had to kick me out a time or two so dude, if,
0: if none of that shit happens at the strip club at least once you're working there you ain't ever really worked there <laughs> you weren't really an you were a seasonal tryout
2: <laughs> totally the worst is when I woke up in the middle of december uh with a to-go box caesar salad (laughs) and i was naked and couldn't didn't find my way inside but i found my way inside the to-go box caesar salad so (laughs) (laughs) and my neighbors saw me in the morning
1: oh wow
2: but yeah all that was to say is i love dj robot Uh, one of the questions and you guys both can answer this if you want just kind of what is sex magic to you and someone recently or a few people have touched on the fact that I talk about sex magic being creation energy and they were saying like well what if you're queer or what if you're choosing not to have kids how can sex magic be creation energy if you're not like procreating with another human. I was just wondering if you guys had any thoughts about that.
1: Well, I'll start because I am uh, a gay.
0: <laughs> <You have laughs> gay. You have the gay point of view.
1: Yeah, so uh, I like girls and I still believe that sex can have creation energy. I don't think that it has to mean creating a baby. I think that that can mean creating what you want in life that could mean creating a new career for yourself that could mean creating a new song a new painting you know it's just the pure positive I don't know if positive is the right word pure pure creation energy uh kind of putting you in the flow state to uh, allow what you want in your life that's that's how I view it what
0: about you jay i would tonight? say i would say um my immediate thought on that was have you ever heard of post nut clarity
2: <laughs> yes tell <laughs> okay but, but
0: explain it tell us what it is okay so post not clarity is for instance they most times we're referring to a guy for post-nut clarity because I think that women experience it in a little bit different just because we're as a general rule we're just a little we process sex and um, love and stuff just a little bit differently but post-nut clarity is mostly referred to guys and it's after they have an orgasm there is like a few moments where their mind is clear almost to me I would imagine like um, when you meditate and you try to clear your the thoughts out of your brain the same thing, guys are able to do that. That happens for them. Most of the time, That their decisions are not clear-headed decisions because they think with two brains, uh, the dick brain and the head brain. But when post-net clarity happens, they have that moment right after they orgasm where things are clear, where they are able to, they feel their true feelings without distraction. Like an example would be if they had sex with a, uh, a hookup from the bar immediately after the orgasm, there's a few moments where they will have their true feelings about the situation. If they feel disgusted, or unhappy in the situation they probably is telling them that the situation isn't right they're not supposed to continue with this female not that the girl was disgusting herself or that the sex wasn't good but that the connection wasn't right or whatever they're thinking about they could I feel like they could use it in meditation too like if they wanted uh, an answer to something and you were aware of these post-nut clarity moments that you could intend that or think about that before having sex, and then be able to have a clear answer in that moment, if you thought about it. And I think even though post-nut clarity is mainly only with men, I think that sex can provide that. For instance, with me, when I'm having sex, I'm, I'm all in it. I am not paying attention to other things around. I'm fucking fully fucking in it and for me that kind of feels like meditation because I'm just like okay now do this now do that you know like and feeling it and really trying to like take it all in and really like pay attention to my feelings and all that stuff and it provides a safe space for you to release things that you wouldn't normally release and be able to think more clearly just think more clearly without all the clutter of other things and you're just like that you got that good feeling that And that feeling is what guides us through feelings are what guide us and tell us where we're supposed to be going and what feels good and what doesn't feel good should really kind of help you guide in your life if you're making the right decisions or what you should be doing next, I think.
2: And it's, it's all about expression, right? So I feel like sex is expression. And mm-hmm. some people can get that. I feel like part of getting that clarity afterwards is because you've expressed so much. You've released so much. So much has come to the surface. And sometimes people have an issue of getting to the meditative state of sex where they're not thinking of a million things while it's happening. And my thoughts on that are if you know you're going to like hook up with someone that night, express yourself before you go. Because if you have this like backlog of expression that needs to come out, it's going to be hard to tap into the meditative state. Just like I can't just go to a meditation class and just walk in. I'm going to be buzzing. I'm going to be thinking about the strip club or like what song I was just listening to. I can't just plug into this Zen meditation. But if I express first, if I scream, if I what I like to do with yoga is like when yoga was open is do like a really hard yoga class that got me to like sweat and then do a meditation class afterwards because I like release and then I can hit that zen point but with you robot do you have any suggestions of like how to tap into that creations energy (laughs) section
1: yeah well First, uh, you got to sing the song, tap, 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 (laughs) and then (laughs) your next step. (laughs) No, okay, okay. So your question was how to tap into the creation energy through sex, through sex only, or?
0: I feel like, remember when you were talking about how those, like, real intense moments that you have with your partner where you're, like, on that same vibe?
1: yeah. So I think to get into that sexual creation energy, your partner and yourself have to be on the same frequency, the same vibe. To do that, I think looking into each other's eyes can help match frequencies, I think. Uh, For me, I mean, I like to put on... Like sexual music, not like, sexual not, healing. Not, not like that, but like. Actually. Don't lie to us. <laughs> no. It's fun. I I think that the the way that you touch your partner can have a big effect. I mean, there's times that you could be fucking and it could be violent or like really aggressive sex, and that's great. But also the times that are like very sweet and soft and sensual. If you're on the same frequency and you're mm-hmm. and you're touching each other the same way, showing that love in the same way, then you feel more connected and I guess would create that would create some more of the creative yeah. energy. You
2: just like gave me extreme PTSD. Oh what? <laughs> <laughs> because you're like when I get get grooving, um I like to have <laughs> sexual music and I just had like a trauma flashback of like My mom would sometimes have sex in front of us with dudes and but I would and just like blatantly in front of us as if we weren't there but even knowing we were there sometimes which is its own sort of creepy sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. Um but how we would start I know like it's weird when you can start laughing at trauma but how we Dude, would that start... is the
0: best medicine when you can once you get to the point that you can fucking laugh at it dude like
2: Yeah, so we would know it was going to happen when she would like get the CD player out
0: and oh, God. Uh, put <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm like it wasn't at least it wasn't a tape recorder. <laughs> Yeah. And she would
2: put in the same Barry White CD, like a deep raspy voice and candles and then just be having sex in front of her kids. And yeah, that's just what showed up when you were saying that. Uh, Robot, do you ever have sex when you're mad at your partner or do you feel like you kind of can't get there if you guys had like a fight or you're just like feeling sad?
1: I'll tell you one thing about me. I can have sex any time. <laughs> uh, sex in the morning, sex, sex in, in the evening, evening sex at supper time.
0: This is going to just be a sing-along. Dude, we've been singing for days. I'm sorry. It will be a musical. The rest of,
2: horror, the rest of this horror pod episode is
1: a musical. <laughs> So if I, yeah, if we'll talk about if I'm pissed off at my partner, um, yes, I can have sex, and sometimes that turns into more aggressive sex, and it's and it almost solves the problems. I mean, there has to be <laughs> like certain there, certain situations, right? There has to be some conversation. You know, whatever we are arguing about, I I'm gonna want to talk about it later so it, what, it doesn't happen again. But in that moment we didn't have a conversation we just had sex and we got some aggression out and then we both came and felt amazing and then we cry or whatever like mm-hmm. we snuggle and it feels connected again because when you're angry and you're not feeling connected and, and you're not in the same frequency it's harder to have those conversations it's hard to have arguments Instead of a conversation, it turns into an argument when you're angry. But if you release that, then you can talk about it easier.
2: That's a really interesting point because I feel a lot of people think you're sweeping shit under the rug if you don't like deal with your problems or deal with the issue at hand or talk about it. And then just start fucking instead. But I like how you're looking at it. It taps you into the same frequency. You guys get on the same energy level. And then it kind of works itself out.
1: Is that what you're saying? Yeah, you get on the same frequency. You get on the same energy level. It's easier to have a conversation than after about whatever problems you're having. Do you ever have aggressive sex, Lacey? Yes,
2: but... With my partner that I'm having sex with now, I feel like... He gets so mad at me. Like, so mad. Like, we scream at each other sometimes. While you're having sex? Thing. No, just like oh. in life. Yeah, wait, are we
0: like, are we talking about the sex? <laughs> you're, you got loud yelling sex fetish or kink? <laughs> that,
2: that would be awesome, I think, actually. I think that would be a great ritual is to have sex where you're just, like, screaming at each other.
0: Fuck you. No. Just... Fuck you.
2: <laughs> that actually feels No, you so fuck good. me. <laughs> That feels so good in my body, even just you saying that. Um I think, well, like the person I'm having sex with now is like a best friend of mine. And we've had a like a very hard life with each other. Um, because we've known each other on and off for 10 years, over 10 years. So, you know, I came into his life as like or and from a lot of trauma and like figuring my shit out. And so he knows a lot of like my sexual abuse. And I think he's afraid of re traumatizing me. So, so he'll do it when we're cool. Like, he'll like, we'll explore it together, whatever we need to explore sexually. But if he's truly fucking angry at me, he can't be sexual with me because I think he feels like he'll violate me and actually hurt me.
0: Yeah. I think, you know what? I think. I wonder if, it's not all people are like that, but I, I'm thinking about it and I'm wondering if it's more guys like that. I realize that I can have sex like Aaron. I can have sex the same way. I can be angry or whatever and it helps me release tension or it helps me kind of like have that clarity of like, am I really that mad about this or am I mad about something else? Is this really that big a deal? Um, let's get on that same vibe and talk about it. But my partner, on the other hand, is not always like that you know if he's like in a bad mood he's like no fuck no i'm not i'm not in it you know what i mean me if i'm in a bad mood i'm like man if i just get fucked real good that'll turn that (laughs) attitude right the fuck around like you know what i mean like knock that attitude right the fuck out of me and i will just come out and be like okay you know what i mean like i'm good (laughs) so i totally you know i don't know if that's a, a a male more male trait or not but um
2: Sometimes yeah. I feel like it's a little ego with us, with both of him and I. We can be competitive with each other. We don't know what the fuck we are with each other, okay? Sometimes we're like siblings that are fighting and competing with each other. And then other times we just like have sex nonstop. But it's almost like... If he's really pissed off at me, he's not going to just like fuck me and make me feel good because he's mad and actually doesn't want me to feel good. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And or I think part of him would be turned on about like being aggressive with me and like throwing me down and like taking out some of that anger on my body. But I also think that that's where he's like he would he's I think he's afraid of going too far.
0: Like losing it or, you know, Mm -hmm. like losing his, the control or whatever. Yeah, that's a touchy, it's a, it's a
1: touchy situation. Well, I, I mean, I've been, I've had partners who have had, uh, you know, sexual abuse trauma in their past. And, and it was scary for me to like cross a line, you know, because if, when I felt like it once, if I ever crossed that line, then there's, it felt like there's no going back from crossing that line of someone who has had and I don't carry trauma in that way. So I could be wrong about that. But
2: yeah, it can be scary. And I think one of the things we don't always realize is that when you're in a relationship with someone and they love you, even if it's like a close friendship, that your trauma can traumatize the other person. And that doesn't mean like don't like don't express your trauma that's happened to you. But it took me a long time to realize like some of my trauma um, he carries in his body,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and it freaks him out. And he's seen me at my worst. Does that make oh. sense?
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've definitely seen that happen to a lot of people around me. Just because I deal with a lot of people with trauma too, that they end up feeding. Um, you know, because someone's trying to help them, they don't have a good enough protection around them. You, c- it's easy to, especially people that you really care about and you're really close with, to kind of empathize their trauma and take that on
2: yeah and I think sometimes it's so subconscious like for me I'm just like trying to tell him this thing that happened to me and for him he's trying to like not express too much and be a supporter but in it he's like absorbing it in his body because he's being empathetic and with empathy it can be toxic shit to be empathetic, man. I
0: think that you, we people who are traumatized um, or who have had a lot of trauma in their life, um, because you're so used to dealing with it, you know, you're like, oh, it's just whatever, you know, it's just uh, something that, that happened. Happens. You know what I mean? You You accepted it for, you know, or you've made your peace with it in some sort of way in order to be able to be comfortable enough talking about it. And you don't realize how. Traumatic that actually is to people who don't understand that. You know what I mean? When they really try to comprehend what you, because they love you and they care for you and they empathize, they start feeling what they think you were feeling and they feel this pain for you and this guilt. And people who have trauma just don't realize because they're so fucking used to it. That's just like what they've grown up to feel normal around. Feeling those uncomfortable feelings, they've learned to manage that skill and like, uh, People who haven't are often just like swept off, like blindsided by it because they haven't experienced anything like that. So when you drop a, oh, yeah, like, well, then I was raped or or, or something, whatever it was, you know, they get uncomfortable because you just like throw it in there all willy nilly. Like it's <laughs> like oh <laughs> willy nilly. Um, like it's nothing and they're like wait that's not just you didn't just throw a fucking normal uh, card on the table you just threw some fucking crazy shit on there that I was not expecting you know and wasn't prepared for
2: right like if you're someone who's been abused by men a lot you've seen a lot with feminines who are abused by men and then they get out of their like abused by their dad for example and then they get out of their abusive house and then they end up in a string of relationships that are really abusive and they're like what the fuck like how do I keep finding these abusive guys and then they end up blaming themselves but in my opinion it's because when we have these wounds in our body everything in the 3d physical world becomes a mirror to those wounds so we attract these relationships to help heal the wound even though it's very painful
0: right because you're like you know I feel like it's you attract it because you haven't healed it yet and it's like a video game where you're like okay this is uh, in order to get to the next step I'm supposed to in order to get past this this trauma this this level I need to uh do you know, jump, push X, push circle. And, uh, you go through, if you, if you haven't put the right combo or figured out through your trauma, um, then you, it's basically like you didn't get, you didn't pass that like mission. You know what I mean? So I think that you attract it until you have fully healed that, that issue in yourself, you know, or at least, in a way that it, you can move on from it,
2: right? We're wounded in relationship, and we heal in relationship. I think our musical like got really dark. I have a habit of doing that.
0: Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: Jaylee, what turns you on? Oh, that could be
0: anything. It depends on the day. (laughs) Um, You sounded just like robot right then. I thought it was (laughs) robot (laughs) talking. Well, you know, we have been friends for 20
1: years fucking
2: yeah tell us how you guys time.
0: became friends
1: and sometimes we say the, the same, same
0: thing at the same, same time,
2: time. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> everyone's gonna want to come over and party with
1: you guys after dude this we're episode. in a fucking
0: good time i'll tell <laughs> a, you what
1: the best time dude
0: we've had a good time together we're and prof- we always do
1: professional partiers
0: dude for real if you always want to professionally party then we're the chicks to do it with <laughs> okay tell me how
2: you guys Met. How are you friends?
1: Ooh, okay. This is fun. This is fun Okay, so we were. It was the first day of high school.
0: So Fourteen this, years old.
1: So it was yeah. This is twenty years ago. First day of high school. Jay's with a group of guys. I'm with the group of girls. I get in the girls' car. She gets in the guys' car. Turns out the people driving the cars <clears> were boyfriend, <throat> dating. Boyfriend girlfriend right. dating. So they meet up at the post office. And we get out and we see each other, and it was kind of. I was like intimidated. I was like, oh, this. I was thinking, you know, this girl looks cool. She, and she was wearing a fucking handcuff, <laughs> like real handcuffs as like a belt buckle. And so I went up and I was like, you know, trying to look cool and tough or whatever. I was like, cool belt.
0: <laughs> and I was like, thanks. Because <laughs> I was, because I was like, well, I'm not gonna be like, oh yeah, oh thank you so much. And I'm just like, I'm quite cool, you know. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> And honestly, I don't know what happened after that, but we've been fucking friends ever since, like pretty much inseparable since since then. Uh, even living in a how- different state now we're still so inseparable, and now we have our own thing, our pod and stuff. and so we've been spending a lot of time and it's it's pretty fucking awesome.:
2: And that's how you guys that's how you guys started working at the strip club together too was your friendship, right? How did that happen?
1: Yeah, so we've had all the same jobs. Together, almost, like- <laughs> almost all <laughs> of the same jobs since,
0: jo- <laughs> yeah, since we've been jobbing. Yeah,
1: uh, we've been jobbing. We worked selling clothes. We worked at a sandwich shop. Worked we at worked-
0: a restaurant. Yep.
1: Worked at the strip club.
0: But we started at site? the strip club because I, huh?
2: Okay, sorry. Tell me, how did you? start oh, I was the just strip club?
0: Well, I are actually our other really good friend from high school that we were both friends with, we used to work there. And when um, I was working somewhere else, working retail and I was just not happy in it, I didn't feel like I was making enough money. Um, she was like, dude, come in. You can I work as a bathroom attendant. I can train you to just fill in for me. Sometimes you will make good cash, whatever. Honestly, I had never even been to a strip club, so I didn't even know what I was getting into, but I knew I could make some extra cash real quick and it would be fun. So I went into that and I ended up needing to do house mom work. Um, They needed a house mom and I was like, this is actually fucking perfect for me. This is exactly what... I am meant to do so I started doing that and I was I started telling Erin because she still worked at the retail place that we both were working at and I was telling her dude it's just so fucking awesome I don't feel I'm not working for a corporate anymore I don't feel micromanaged I'm like making good money I'm having a good time there's awesome people here and she was like well fucking I'm pretty miserable let's fucking I want to do it too and so uh (laughs) then slowly she came she came in And I was like, I
1: also was on breathalyzers three times a week randomly at that point. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot that you were, you were not allowed to drink when you first started. I just forgot that. But it worked with
0: my schedule. (laughs) She got her foot in the door there and then eventually moved around here and there and eventually became the fucking best DJ ever. (laughs) Yeah.
2: I love that. What was it like being a bathroom attendant?
0: Oh, it's horrible, dude. I mean, it's I not actually, it's not, I didn't, I didn't, okay, see, some people like part. it more. I, I, cause I, when I first started, I did bathroom mm-hmm. attendant and I did house mom at the same time. I would do a couple of days each a week or, you know, whatever and switch back and forth. And I just, as I just didn't, for me personally, I didn't like it. What I didn't like was being stuck in the bathroom. Just because I was stuck in one spot um, and I don't smoke cigarettes and people go in there and they just go in there to smoke and it was just overwhelming. And then I didn't like dealing with the customers, Um, not to say that customers are fucking assholes there or anything, because most of them, a lot of them are not, you know, but I just dealing with the girls for me just like dealing with them and their problems and if they're drunk and being loud or whatever is much easier for me because I know them I have established relationships to deal with their bullshit it's a lot easier for me to deal with their bullshit than random customers bullshit you know what I mean
1: so I I hated it for that okay and let me tell you why I love that job when I did it because I people would this was after I was not on breathalyzers anymore but people would bring me I'd just be chilling in the bathroom. People would bring me drinks or whatever <laughs> else. Robot loves when people bring them drinks. Yeah. She I, loves I, I robots.
2: To, the, <laughs> drinking the weight machine. of robot's heart. But like you, I'm making you sound like a drunk, and I really don't think you are. It's just like the weight of robot's
1: heart is tequila shots yeah. at the yeah. DJ booth. So yeah, the job. And even the bathroom job was awesome because I would just sit in there and party with people all night and then just come home with a fucking shit ton of cash. Like, people don't know. People, right, they're like, like oh, you work in the people, bathroom? That's right. kind of, that's lame, right. you know? Like, oh, and you're like, oh, Mitch. You? A, I make more and money like, in the bathroom. I'm making more money than all my friends that went to college, sitting here drinking and and parking, partying. partying. Not working eight night.
0: hours, <laughs> working a few <laughs> right. hours.
1: Working, like, four hours, making all this money, and then it's awesome. I mean... Like,
2: how much does a bathroom attendant make on a good night in cash? $600.
1: That
0: was a good... That's probably a a decent night. I would say average...
1: uh, Four or five.
0: It depends on the nights that you're working. I would say maybe, like bare minimum 200 on a slow night
1: you'd be like fuck i only made you make oh i
0: only made two hundred dollars you'd be like that's pretty slow and then you know depends on the night and i'm sure now that you know everything is just kind of restricted because of covid and stuff the the limit the the money's kind of different but you know what it's not titties and booze sell itself so strip clubs are still doing pretty darn good if they're open
2: i feel like the strip clubs are doing good still because they always do good when there's destruction Mm -hmm. So whenever the world, like, if there's war or, like, huge financial issues, strip clubs still survive. Alcohol and drugs still survive. But I specifically, why I think, like, strip clubs still survive is because it's sex energy. It's creation energy. And I think intuitively we gravitate towards the sex when the world is crumbling to help create new.
1: I I have a question for the both of you. What freaky nasty sexuals do you enjoy? I enjoy
2: wetness, like wetness. Moist. Ew. (laughs) Um, Like, for example, I randomly went to Vegas recently, but I went into the hotel room. I was like trying to like look better than I looked and went into the bathroom and the dude came in and I didn't know he was there yet and like busted into the bathroom and I was like no I don't look good yet like I want to freshen up get out of here and then he like threw me on the bathroom sink and I started like squirting on the sink. Ah. And I used to be so embarrassed of this because like in porn squirtings like this cool like shooting across the room superhero shit, but for me it's more just like a huge water leak.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> like
2: And so then it just like poured on the bathroom sink and then we like slipped, like I slipped on the bathroom (laughs) sink and fell and I did not look hot. Like I did not look hot. This should just be really known and I really wanted to look hot for him. But when I fell, like he just started fucking me from behind and there's just like literally like bodily juices everywhere. I don't look hot. But I think the most like freaky, nasty part that made me so into it is because he wanted it that bad. You know, Mm
0: -hmm. I think
2: it's like that extreme desire. Savage, almost. Yeah, I love that savage, extreme, like that they can't help themselves, that they have to have it because We do have to have it. And I love the idea of it being animalistic. A guy called me recently and was like, I'm afraid that my dick is too small and I just don't know if I'm going to have like good sex. And honestly, man, I don't want to say like size doesn't matter at all, but I think what people truly want is to be worshipped and desired. And it really wasn't even about where this dude's dick was going it was that how bad he like wanted me and like busted me busted in through the door and was just kissing my neck and like sucking on me everywhere and it's just that extreme desire that turns me on so like even if he had a tiny dick i think it would still be amazing Mm.
0: i can agree with you on the wetness thing because as you're saying that like i'm all into anything taboo anything weird pretty much um but like, I'm a squirter too, and like, but I love like super sloppy blowjobs. I like to be spit in my mouth or my face, or like, spit on me. When my partner makes me come, he, you know, when I'm squirting, it's literally he makes me squirt so much that I cover both of us you know what I mean and like we're fucking covered I have to change I had to put well you see a fucking uh, waterproof mattress cover on my shit because like a little baby that pees the bed because I Did can't kiddo. I'm ruining I ruined so much shit dude so much shit but for me I like I love it like when you know getting real pretty and having a bunch of makeup on and stuff and then just like at the end I'm like covered from head to toe in like fucking bodily fluids no matter what like i'm into blood and like spit i like you know even i like to be p- okay, pissed on sometimes pause pause okay blood <laughs> elaborate on blood blood for me um not only i i'm attracted to the color red it's one of my favorites always has been um, I think it's a really powerful sexual color, and it always has been for me, and I and I like that. So part of the blood is that, but I believe that blood um, and bodily fluids carry information from one person to another. I yeah. don't know how to elaborate on that exactly more, but it's I, information that you can't get another way, you know? and body oh, oh fluid what was i talking about the other day with you i was talking about oh oh fluid bonding Lacey, do you know about fluid bonding well explain it tell us oh, okay so like fluid bonding is when you're um sharing fluids together and it creates a a different kind of bond fluid bonding refers to the decision i'll just read you the definition so i'm not stuttering over here refers to the decision to stop using barrier protection to exchange bodily fluids with your partner. So that's basically just, you know, that can include semen, that can include blood, saliva, um, pre-cum, any of that stuff, your bodily fluids and sharing them with each other. And yeah. I believe that creates a different kind of closeness and bond than it does uh, if to use protection and have a barrier. Not to say have unprotected sex, um, you know what I mean, be safe, you know, be aware or whatever. But me personally, you know, I've been with my partner for many years and that is how we do things. And I, I find that it, if he comes inside of me, I will almost every single time have a penetration orgasm that I will cry from after. As soon as it stops, I cry. And that is the only time that I have that specific type. It's like my body knows Actually, I looked it up after it was happening because I've never had that happen with any other partner but him, Um, that specific type of orgasm. I didn't even know that I could have penetration orgasms, but I was looking it up, some stuff about it because I was like, well, that's weird. I didn't even know that I could have them. But apparently when your partner comes inside of you because you have that like and it doesn't always work for everybody. And for me, I feel like for him, it has worked because we're so connected and so close and and comfortable Or it's just so right but when he comes in me and it hits my um, cervix my body like starts having an orgasm because it's literally trying to get me pregnant and um, I didn't know that that's what that was it's 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 my body trying to pull his sperm into me to get me pregnant and it is it only happens with him you know not that I I haven't been coming before you know (laughs) Uh, but I mean I haven't had the experience where they come in me and that happens to me you know what I mean and that to me is telling my body oh I'm with the right person this is right my are there's something common or cosmically right about this you know what I mean
2: Totally. And our fluids hold cellular memory. Ooh, yeah. The fluid bonding makes so much sense to me that we're like putting our timelines, we're mixing our timelines with each other to create. So when you're actually having sex and you want to do sex magic, you can make like a manifestation candle of what you want to create in the relationship or in the new world or for yourself. And you can like mix your bodily fluids together and then lay it over the candle before you light the candle. And that those bodily fluids seal the magic. And the magic is both of your timelines coming together to create a new portal. Ooh.
0: Ooh. So, yeah. what about, okay, what about, I feel this same thing with period period blood and even though you know we're not necessarily eating he's not eating my period blood or something, there is times because uh speaking of the magic and the and the information in it, there was a while because um, that I was saving my blood and I would put it in my garden so that the um, nutrients and the information and stuff and then feed it to my family. I wasn't feeding them my blood. That sounds so horrible, (laughs) but I wasn't feeding them my blood like straight in our food, but I was putting the nutrients, the love, the connection, all that information into my garden that I was organically growing, you know, and then feeding it to my family. And I felt like so ritualistic with it. Like I felt like, uh, you know, it was really a, a connected thing and something I could share with them. That that sounds so fucking weird now that I'm saying it it's out not, loud.
2: But. It's not weird. It's ancient. I feel like witches have been doing that forever in different forms. And I feel like that was your intuitive codes like speaking through you like you intuitively knew how to do ritual for your family and for some people it is fucking weird but then they're not supposed to do it if it doesn't resonate with them but the fact that it resonated with you and you like heard the voice within you to do it i think that's just like ancient wisdom inside of your body do you consider yourself a witch at all
0: you know i you're a fucking witch okay okay you know i don't know no no no, i know I, i i i find familiarities with it but i don't like call myself a witch and i was talking to robot about this the other day because i feel like for me i definitely do my own type of magic real world magic i guess i do have my own kind of rituals but it doesn't uh i don't um do a lot of the same kind of things that or use the same tools that I a lot of my witch friends do, and not that everybody does it the same. You do all your stuff different, you know what I mean? But I there's some separation there, and I don't know what that that is for me. I don't really know what that separation where I'm like I I don't uh, really identify with it, even though I do magic and uh, yeah, and and there's so many different kinds
2: of magic people and. To be magic doesn't mean you have to be a witch. What you just described to me was like an incredibly witchy ritual. But but I don't ever want to put like a title on anyone. It's just intuitively what you think. But I talk to a lot of people in my readings who are like, okay, so I feel like I'm a witch, but I don't have like a witch community. And I haven't read like a lot of witch books. And I'm like, Fuck that shit. To be a witch is to tap into the divine feminine of your own body and listen to the rituals that spirit is asking you to do. And that's exactly what you did. Um, But again, you can be an alien. You could be a bird person. You could be a dwarf, a magical elf, and still do rituals like that. But to me, you just have like ancient witch vibes.
0: Yeah, you know what? I probably am pretty kind of witchy because i do do my own like weird ritual shit that i'm like oh this is how this works if i do this you know i i definitely i guess i can say that i am
2: <laughs> do you yeah do you feel like you, sorry i feel like i backed you into a corner dr jaylee and i'm no, like you're, you're a witch
0: a... bitch witch, witch, witch. <laughs> Burn her at yeah the stake. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh robot do you feel
1: like a magical being yeah so i'm a extra-dimensional being uh i'm an i'm an alien i'm a uh vibe creator extra-dimensional that's how i would describe myself so more like alien vibes but totally and i think we're different uh,
2: beings on different dimensions and which represents kind of like what you are on the earth dimension like on the 3D it's like me being a witch is connected to this earth but I also think I, I think I'm like a galactic witch which is like I believe I'm like part alien and I have my blood types RH negative which is associated with like alien, species which you don't have also you don't have to have rh negative to be an alien species but i think we're a plethora of different magical beings and that our avatar switches forms depending on what dimension we're at you kind of remind me of an elf
0: (laughs) dude that's funny that you bring that up because we were talking a lot about an elf yesterday yeah
1: about Elf yesterday, but why is it I've, I, like... <laughs>
0: What is the elf? What does that mean? Like, what is the yeah. what is it that about reminds so, her of that or, or, or reminds you of that? So
2: like when I say elf, I don't mean like the Christmas movie elf or like Santa's short elves, because I definitely fit that role more than you, robot. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, the um, like the blonde, tall elves in the woods. And they just like to me create magic through their hands and can tap into different frequencies and have like a beautiful awareness but they don't come in and like boom 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 take charge like unfortunately I'm a dwarf who's not hot elves are really hot they're like tall and blonde and like long hair usually um sometimes red hair too but dwarves are like short and stocky and red hair and they come to like fuck <laughs> shit up and it's so unfortunate that that's what i am you remind but-
0: reminded as you're describing this i'm picturing uh lord of the rings the dwarf and the <laughs> elf and that's you guys <laughs> That's such a bummer. Such well, a bummer. I, just because your description, I was like, why am I picturing Lord of the Rings? I
2: know it's it's horrific. Don't don't Google. I've said this on another podcast, and everyone Googled it. But don't Google dwarves because they are not hot. And unfortunately, if you Google a female dwarf, it I had nightmares. But so. I guess I don't have to keep you on this podcast the rest of the day because it's already been a long time but I just love talking to you guys I know this is uh, actually we, going we pretty lo- good
1: yeah we love talking to you, it's the best
2: but honestly I can't go yet until you guys, tell me one of your fetishes because mostly I want Jaylee to talk about daddy stuff <laughs> oh, okay <laughs> but, So, but, but robots start and then we'll go to
1: Jaylee's daddy story I really like having no control at all. I want to feel like I'm, I, I physically, I like my body pinned down and I want to feel like I couldn't escape if I wanted, (laughs) (laughs) I like the feeling of the body weight, uh, feeling like I could die at any moment is, um, that's my, that's my fave.
2: So do you feel like there's any emotional or magical connection to the, to that like desire?
1: um i think
0: i think it's because you're a damn control freak in real life
1: yeah i yep i have to be you case. need
0: to release that
1: yeah it's like the only time in my life that i don't have control and i love wow. that feeling you're a control freak yeah she's a super duper sp- planner yeah. dude <laughs> I plan-
2: oh it it must kill you to edit my podcast because I'm like, <laughs> mm, I'm the opposite of a planner. <laughs> furthest away. Um, when you're in relation, like
1: romantic relationships, are you controlling in them? Um. Yeah, I tend to get with people who are more free flowing. My all actually, yeah. When I think of all my past partners, um. They're all just free flowing, do whatever. They don't have a plan ever for anything. And so I'm the one that's always like, Okay, we're doing this and we're going here. I'm sure that gets annoying. But also it helps because, you know, They're just I'm, all I'm making all over the place. packing lists. I'm yeah, I'm like Yeah. I, I keep it I yeah. keep it together for the both of us and it, it works out that way. Yeah.
2: Um. so Jay Lee, tell us kind of about a fetish for you and like daddy stuff and like what that looks like in your realm okay I
0: am a a little and I have a daddy um, and my daddy is a he's a daddy dominant and to me For our relationship, what that is, is that he is the more dominant character um, in our relationship. He is always fucking in charge, even though I am a very strong and dominant person in all of my life um, in every aspect when I'm at work when I'm with my friends when I'm with whoever I'm just you know I run our household pretty much you know not that he doesn't help me with things but like I'm the one that's like organized I'm the one that's like on ship but he is the one that like puts, helps me keep my limitations. Uh, if I start freaking out, he's the one that snaps me back into it. If I'm acting like an asshole, he's the one that disciplines me. And for he, he, he is my daddy. Uh, he takes, he cares for me and, um, all that stuff. And what a daddy dominant, the difference between just like a normal Dom is that he is a caretaker. Um, so not just you know, beating my ass during sex when I need it. But, um, he also provides a lot of, not only aftercare after intense sessions or after sex, he provides me care in all aspects of my life. Um, for instance, you know, he washes me in the shower every single day. He, uh, Make sure if I'm leaving, he'll make sure. And I didn't have time to pack lunch, he makes sure that he packs, he'll cook something and pack me a lunch. Just making sure that I'm taken care of because I'm taking care of everything and everyone else. He's my support system um, for that. And then,
2: yeah, and then that translates sexually. So you said you're a little. Will you give a definition of what a little is?
0: Okay, so I have. A lot of my personality, which I do not show in person, this is my little that comes out is my, the part of me that is a tiny little girl. I feel small. It's the part of me that likes pink, baby pink, and like unicorns and fucking princess movies and shit, you know, like all the girly little shit and not to say that every girl's like that but for me that's what it translates to it's my small self it's my where I I it's where I'm weak um I'm vulnerable I'm I feel small and little I don't know if I can explain it better than that you know I it's my it's my the version of my myself when I am my smallest
2: yeah do you feel like you being a little is connected to your childhood
0: or your inner child at all? I definitely think that it has to do with my inner child and maybe my childhood. You know, my parents did take good care of me. I wasn't like, it's not like I felt like I needed, you know, I'm not one of those people that was like, I had a, I was really fucking hard and I had to grow up quick. So I never got to experience being little. For me, it wasn't like that. So I'm not really sure exactly where all of that comes from. I just kind of accept it as one of the versions of me. You know what I mean? And I, I knew for many years of my life that I liked to be dominated. Um, for the same reasons we were talking that robot did. Like I'm very con- not. I'm very like kind of a control freak in my life because I'm like I I feel like I'm controlling everything. You know what I mean? Um, so I'm. I'm very much like, oh, I've got a plan. I'm ready for this. I'm prepared, and I'm I'm in control all the time. So I need that release of not being in control, and I will not give that up unless I am forced to. And that's where yeah. daddy that's where my daddy comes in for me is because I if I, I I'm a very dominant female and I will if I get the chance, I will over dominate the person. And not to say that I'm going to be an asshole, or I'm going to treat them badly. But if if my personality overshadows you, then it it just doesn't work. Um, And he is the only person for me ever in my life to tell me no about anything and fucking mean it. You know, not just like no, as in like, uh, like, for instance, me being like, I'll tell you a, a story, how I knew and me imme- one of the things I knew immediately. One of the very first times actually it was like the second time we had sex. So the second time we ever had sex, I was like, we had like a really good day, day. Um, and we like he took me shopping and all that shit, whatever. And he even like had put me over his lap and like spanked me while we were like watching, watching shit. And, you know, just kind of like teased me and got me all riled up, whatever. And I'm like making out with him in, in the front of his bed. And I was like, man, I'm this guy's fucking hot. I'm totally into this. I'm fucking in it. I'm going to suck the fuck out of his dick right now. You know, <laughs> I'm going to do that. And he's going to fuck the shit out of me. You know what I mean? Like, so I was like, okay, uh, we're like making out in front of his bed. And I pushed him kind of like not force for, forcefully, but like kind of pushed him back onto the bed, like lay back. I'm going to pull your pants off and suck your dick, you know? And in my life, I have never... Had a guy be like, I like pushed him back. He immediately stood up and was like, no. And I was like, oh, baby, I'm sorry. You know, like, I wasn't trying to be crazy. I just like, I really want to like, you know, give you a blowjob or whatever. And he's like, I don't give a fuck. I'm just going to tell you right now that I'm the fucking boss. Like, it doesn't matter what you do. You do what I tell you to do. And I was like, holy fucking fuck. Like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Did you just tell me I am not allowed to suck your dick, even if I'm begging you? Like, you just told me no, because you said that you're in charge. And I have ne- had never in my life ever had someone really fucking like... That's like the first like example, you know what I mean? Because he is so much more dominant than me, just naturally, that he cannot. He's like, no, you know? And it wasn't like an ego thing. It wasn't like, no, I'm the man. It's just... That is, he is just a naturally more dominant person than me. And so um, through that, I knew, you know, immediately, like I, there was other signs I knew that he was my person before that, like pretty much immediately from our very first date we knew. But as far as like knowing that he was, um, I needed a daddy like that. I didn't really know I needed a daddy like that until I met him. And he didn't know he was a daddy until we met each other and it just naturally flowed into that and him being my daddy and he is able to release his tensions his his issues his trauma by releasing that with me in my sex and in us having sex and by him releasing his trauma you know it is releasing for me if that totally. makes sense for us it just kind of like balances out that way and i had never i never experienced that with any anybody else before not that i didn't have other i've i've been with many dominant men and i i like that but it's um it's more there was something very fucking different about the relationship that he and i have i had never i've never felt like i could be little and weak and and tiny and if I felt like I was really having a bad day and I was upset and I was crying and I wanted to ball up and uh, suck my thumb and be small, um, I never felt safe and okay to just do that. You know, like, not that anybody ever told me that I fucking couldn't necessarily, but like, I I never felt that, 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 um, that comfort, that safe space for it. You know what I mean? Um, totally. until I met him so for us that relationship really fills that in for for me
2: yeah I think sometimes people relate to me in a little even like well for I'm just gonna speak for myself for me there's times I've stepped into that role and what I like about it is like actually being held mm-hmm. and even if it's like held aggressively Um, I wasn't held as a child and even people who don't have like trauma and quote unquote good parents, parents in the 80s and the 90s, they were just like busy working and they weren't really like taught that holding a child is so fucking important and how it affects their development. And I think being held in it helps heal some of that wounding for me of not being held. And knowing like I can tap into that innocence, and that innocence can attract like dirtiness and darkness. And I can play with it in a way that doesn't hurt me, but I, I can explore it through pleasure. I agree with that. But I- I love talking to you guys. I'm really waiting for. Is there another song up your sleeve?
0: Whoa. Oh, sorry. I was cheersing my two drinks (laughs) on accident. Uh,
1: Do we have another song? We could sing Uh,
0: Uh, it. Starting with the man in the the mirror. mirror. I'm I'm asking asking him him to change change his his ways. ways. No No message message could have been any clearer. If you want
2: to make the world a, a better place, place, you, you take a look, look at yourself, yourself and, you and have to make, make
0: that the change. change. <laughs> so good. <laughs> oh, oh.
2: There was a time my dad was uh, like in a halfway house and that was like my jam. And me and like my fucking cousins would pile into this geo metro and they didn't have a heater and we would all sing that on the way back Um, is because it would fog up the windows so bad that they couldn't see in the cold in the winter because there was no heater but when we would just when we just got to like step into the fact that it was going to be fucking cold and we'd roll down the windows and we'd scream that song. So you guys are like giving me throwbacks today. Dude, okay,
0: your experience with that song is not exactly like ours, but the reason that we (laughs) love that song so much, not only because Michael Jackson songs are awesome, but because when we were in high school, we used to have this friend where there was this period of time where she fucking was obsessed with that song and she had it on tape. I, I believe it was on tape and it We would go for lunch every single day. We'd go into her car and she'd play that song. We would just fucking sing it it? so loud with the windows (laughs) down like that every day for a while. Like,
2: God, and like, I love that. And then like philosophically, it's like, yes let's look in the fucking mirror i love right
0: fix your goddamn self you (laughs) fix your you fix help fix everything
2: Yeah. yeah okay i love you guys and i know there's so much more we can talk about but thank you for being here i see you both as healers um i see you both as creators and you can both hold such beautiful fucking space um robots tell people where they can find you and where they can listen to your guys's podcast
1: so you can find me at dj robot 5000 is my instagram handle uh you can check out our podcast it's on spotify and apple podcast it's called life explained in crayons <laughs>
0: And I am Dr. Jaylee. You can find me on Instagram as Dr. Jaylee Wins. Um, if you look that up, there will be two profiles, and you may choose your poison. Yeah. Check out our podcast. Yeah, check out our podcast if you want, you guys. And we also have an Instagram for our podcast, um, also called Life Explained in Crayons, where I post shitty memes that go with the theme of our. Um, releases each time we release a new episode i try to make upload make some shitty memes and uh hope that other people laugh at them too so if you want check that out too dope you can
2: find me at lacyfree.com you can book a reading at lacyfree.com if you want to talk more sex you can do a sex power reading or a superpower reading or a holographic healing session Um, you can find me at Lacey is free on Instagram, and I'm sending you all love and sacred fucking rage.